Hey, Diggs, welcome to Dentist in the Know, your backstage pass to current trends, politics, and education in the dental world. We are Dentistry's source for honest, relevant information. And with that in mind, this is JB's News on the Go with Dentist in the Know. So introducing to you with all the relevant information, Dr. Jennifer Bell. Oh, it's nice to finally be back by myself. Last week with Jeff just really kind of cramped my, you know, personal vibe and space. It's really good to be on my own again. Um, Let's talk about a few things. I posted a story this week. This was really like a very weird freak accident story of the two-year-old who fell and lodged his toothbrush into the back of his pharynx. Fast forward, he even saw his dentist. The dentist looked at the injury. It seemed unremarkable. The parents removed the toothbrush from his pharynx. Also seemed unremarkable. Uh, They didn't seek attention that evening. But fast forward 48 hours later, he was in stroke-like conditions. He presented with uh, limited movement in his limbs. He had cognitive impairment, et cetera. So a battery of tests forward, it's all now linked back to that particular injury that happened to the pharynx. Super fascinating. I would put that in the very um, unique category of things you may ever run into in your own practice, uh, but definitely one to follow away in the memory bank for, uh, you know, I don't know, being dismissive of, of things that don't fit in a box. Another interesting story that came out this week uh, actually came out in the Journal of American Dental Association. Uh, a revision of the guidelines for uh, protection for radiography. And I think this one is a really interesting uh, study, and I definitely am going to post it. Uh, the OOMFAAOMR, which is the um, American Academy of Oral Maxillofacial Radiology, who we happen to have a member of on last week, um, They identified that no one or or they've revised the modifications for what is required for protection during radiography. And I got to be honest with you, they've dialed it back significantly, basically removing lead line aprons, removing thyroid protection. This was after an ad hoc committee that got together through the AAOMR and looked at all the literature to sort of start to discern whether or not these recommendations were actually valid in the research. Come to find out, they actually couldn't see a statistically different amount of radiation exposure and risk for thyroid cancer and other radiology complications for those who were receiving dental radiography versus those who were not. And so with that, and with a compilation of the data review, they have now started to really dial back the requirement. And I think, you know, for a long time, it's been, well, uh, part of the recommendation to remove thyroid collar, particularly for pans, et cetera, was the increased risk of retakes, needing to take the image again because you got uh, the thyroid collar ended up showing up in the pan or something like that, and you needed to retake it. And that was one of the justifications. But this particular uh, literature that's coming out is a compilation of literature review, basically saying that there is no statistical significance in those who protect versus those who don't. What does this mean for the private practitioner? Uh, I think it's like anything else, the antibiotic prophylaxis, et cetera. Uh, I'm, you're likely still going to have the lead line aprons in your office. 
You may choose when you want to use it or not. Uh, you may educate patients on what the what the current literature would suggest. But at the end of the day, as Tom Viola so eloquently said last week, is that going to be the sword that you die on if a patient's very adamant about a thyroid collar, et cetera? But it's definitely worth noting. It's worth being aware of uh, because other colleagues may bring it up and consumers, if they had access to, th to this information, might also cite uh, these updated revisions. And so we'll post that on the Facebook page so that you can uh, reference it for your education and also maybe for the education of your team members as well. I do think that it's really important. They seem to actually be genuinely concerned about the radiation risk for patients. And I think it warrants uh, continuing to educate them as well. The last thing uh, that we're going to discuss tonight was the ADA, as always, is putting out their uh, statistics each month. They are taking survey data for, from a broad swath of dentists across the U.S. to kind of gauge a continual pulse on uh, the local level of what's happening in dental offices. Um, generally speaking, and I think this has been pretty consistent for about the last six to eight months, um, the overall confidence level of the dentist, both for the dental office to recover uh, post-COVID, but also for the general economy to recover post-COVID, there's still like almost a 50-50 split. You know, most dentists, or, or there's almost... 50% of the dentists in all demographics, despite age, despite number of years in practice, despite owners versus non-owners, um, it seems like there's kind of this dividing line where 50%-ish, give or take a statistical numerator, uh, thinks the economy will recover and the other 50% thinks the economy is in trouble and that their practices may not be able to come out of the COVID fog. Uh, and I think that continues to sort of feed into a lot of the things you see that folks are posting on Facebook and other groups looking for resources, help, support, uh, a lot of really good questions about how they can improve their um, overhead staffing costs. How do they communicate better with patients to close treatment plans? You're seeing all of those different types of questions popping up because people are genuinely concerned about keeping their practices running. The other really interesting statistic that was very consistent across all demographics, both rural and suburban practices, uh, was the number of cancellations that they were experiencing in the practice. The majority of those, uh, or, or openings in the practice, uh, if you flipped it about a year or two ago, it was because of staffing shortages and they just didn't have the staff to be able to take the patients in. Uh, today, it is just genuine no-call, no-show or very late last-minute cancellations for patients. And frankly, I'm feeling the same thing. Um, you know, we had one schedule at the beginning of the day today, and it was a totally different schedule at the end. And so much of it was last-minute cancellations for a variety of reasons. So, you know, I think my practice is fairly representative of what we're seeing across the board in the U.S. in those HBS statistics. So we'll continue to watch to see if things are changing and if there's a pulse that we need to let you know about. Uh, but that's why you tune every tune in every week, right? It's not just Jeff's pretty face and Chad's witty banter. It's this hard-hitting journalism that we bring to you. And with that, that's the news. So, gang, that's it for today's show. We want to thank you for tuning in. But more importantly, we want to thank you for being a part of Dennis in the Know. I'm Dr. Jeff Horowitz. 
I'm Dr. Chad Duplantis. And I'm Dr. Jennifer Bell. And we're Dentists in the Know. Remember, gang, dentistry is an amazing profession, but it's way more rewarding when you're in the know.